0: Teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Praise the Lord. I want you to go to James 2 this evening. We're going to start here uh, and and get into what the Lord put on my heart for tonight. We're going to talk about faith, but we're going to go a little different direction with it a little bit. And uh, I believe it's going to help us. James chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse... Well, I'll tell you what, for time's sake, let's just read verse number 17. In talking about faith, we've been talking about uh, what faith is to a degree. We talked about its confidence, it's being sure, it's being certain, it's being persuaded. Amen. It's getting to the place where the questions aren't uh, all the, yeah, but what about this, and yeah, but what about that's not there anymore. Amen. And that's what believing it in your heart means. It means you settled it. You're sure about it. You're not wavering as James chapter number 1 says. The Bible says, let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Yes, nothing wavering means nothing doubting. Amen. Not Amen. differing, one translation says. Not, not uh, disagreeing with what God's Word says. Right. When Amen. you get to that place in your heart, that means you're believing it in your heart. Amen. Amen. But faith has to be not just in your heart. It has to be in your actions. Yes. And uh, so, and we talked about God giving us the measure of faith, and we talked about that faith can grow. How does it grow? You have to feed it, number one. The Word of God is faith food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? That's how you live. It's not just natural things that keeps you alive and keeps you strong and provides your needs. It is God's Word getting in your heart. Amen. So that's number one, how faith grows. Number two, you have to exercise it. You'll never get very far if you don't keep stretching your faith. You need to be glad you go to a church that keeps stretching you. And don't let you get lazy. Amen. Well, you can get lazy. Nobody can make you do anything or don't even have a desire to make you do anything. But we do have a desire to help you. And so we keep on encouraging you to stretch and reach and don't just sit comfortable on your uh, current, you know, faith where you're at currently in your faith, but keep on reaching and stretching. Amen. And keep acting whenever the flesh, keep the flesh uncomfortable. Amen. Keep, keep the mind uncomfortable. The mind wants to get comfortable and have everything, you know, every, the bank's full of money and everything's fine and, you know, we, we just trust in the bank account and trust in, in this or trust in that. But faith doesn't like to keep the flesh and the mind comfortable. Faith wants to keep on stretching and reaching for more. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And I love just stretching all the time because that just keeps me from getting fat and flabby spiritually. It's exercise, you have to exercise your faith. Faith is not, it's not enough just to have faith. Nowhere in the Word of God does it teach that if you just believe something in your heart you'll get answers. I said it doesn't teach that in the Word of God. It teaches releasing your faith. It teaches acting on your faith. Look at James 2, 17 here. He's talking about faith and he said, Faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Then verse 24 also, excuse me, verse number 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now we know many translations will say, rather than works, it'll say, Actions that correspond are corresponding actions. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. He didn't say it's not faith. He just said it's not alive. It's not doing anything. You know, a guy uh, lives out his life and dies and we have his funeral. Um, this, this whenever he is uh, he's up here uh, in the casket, it does, whenever he died, he didn't cease to exist. He himself went to be with the Lord and his body's laying here. Amen. Amen. In other words, there was a separation of the inward man that went to be with the Lord and his body, his house. Right. Paul called, uh, or excuse me, Peter and Paul, actually, they called this body the tabernacle or a house that we live in. And so he said, just like whenever a man is dead physically, he said, that's what faith without actions is like. It's still uh, faith, but it's separated from actions, and therefore it's not alive that body's not alive anymore because it's the man on the inside was separated and went on to be, if he's born again, went on to be with the Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. And so faith, if it doesn't have actions, is faith all right. If, it's, uh, if you're believing something in the heart, but just believing it in your heart won't do any good. Right. The Bible says here in this passage, this second chapter of James, devils believe and tremble. Yes. It's not that they are saved because they believe Jesus rose from the dead. No, it's, it takes more than just believing it. There's a lot of people that don't want to uh, confess Jesus as Lord and surrender their life to Him in America today. They believe Jesus is Lord and that He rose from the dead, but they don't want to do anything with it yet. Right. Somebody said, what's going to happen? They're going to go to heaven? According to the Bible, not. Amen. You got to live it. You got to act on it. Amen. Amen. Actions must correspond. So faith without corresponding actions is dead. Now, I like what one man said, uh, and it bears out in many scriptures. He said, he, he, he described it this way. He said, faith without uh, expression is dead. Faith has to have expression. Yes, you might say something like, well, let's say I'm a high-wire high walker. And I like to walk across, you know, high-wire between two high-rise buildings and walk across there. And uh, I've done it many times. And and uh, you, and I say, do you believe I can do this? And you all say, you've seen me do it many times. Oh, sure, I know you can do that. And so I do it, and everybody's like, yay. And then I say, uh, here's a wheelbar. Why don't you get in it, and I'm going to push you across. <laughs> You believe I can do that? Yeah, you can do that. We'll jump in then. Uh, well, see, when it comes to a human, that's probably smart, because humans can fail. So I'm not, I'm not implying that it's necessarily intelligent to get in the wheelbarrow. While I, but my point is, when it comes to God. It's not enough just to say, yeah, God can do it. I trust that He can do it. You got to act that way. Yes. When He says, okay, I want you to step out and start tithing. Yeah. Oh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> see, faith has to have actions that correspond. Yeah, right. Something that goes, see, prove it. You say you believe it, prove it. Yeah. I woke up, actually I woke up one morning a year or so ago and it rang through the room, just God was talking to me. He said, show God you have faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I could tell he was displeased. And I went to prayer, I said, what, what have I displeased you in? I was looking for, what, what, what was I not showing God I had faith in? And he showed me had to do with preparing for some things to come. And he, he was displeased that I wasn't getting ready for it. All right. And uh, so, see, faith gets ready for whatever God says is coming to pass. Faith just acts like it's going to be that way. Whenever the doctor says it's cancer and you've got six months to live, faith does not start making funeral plans. You act like you're going to live. Now I don't mean do that in front of the preacher because that's what he wants you to do, but at home you go home and make funeral plans on your own. I'm not talking about that. Just to please somebody. I mean, before God Almighty, because of what you believe in your heart, based on what Psalm said, David said, I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not talking about living forever down here, because we'll all die eventually, live out our life. But I'm talking about the devil trying to take you out prematurely. Faith will start acting like I'm going to go on and live. God says, I have a bigger house or a nicer house for you, one where the kids don't have to stay, you know, stack on top of one another in the bedrooms and, you know, where you can turn around in the kitchen when somebody else is in there and, (laughs) amen. Faith will start looking for it. Faith will go ahead and start packing some boxes. Faith will say, it's coming, we're looking for it, we're looking for it. It'll start, not, it'll start just not looking at houses. It'll call the realtor and say, hey, we want to look at this one. We want to look at that one. Yes, right. It starts acting like it's coming to pass. Amen. And to go to the banker or however you're going to do it, and he says, well, you can't qualify for this. And the Lord says, that's your house. Yeah. Come on, Faith come on. will say, thank you, Lord, that's our house. It'll start saying that. Yeah. It won't start saying, well, I guess we can't have it because they said No. No, whenever there's a divine, whenever the God's already given you a divine yes, you don't take the devil's no for it. So faith must have corresponding actions. And one of the actions that must correspond with faith is what you say. Amen. It's not enough to have faith. Uh, Faith comes by hearing. But see, he's not saying that faith coming is everything. Faith comes, but you have gotta release faith. Faith has to faith is like the internet. It comes to you and then you can send things out. You can send things and communicate with other people through the internet. Television, you can't. They can send a signal to you, but you can't talk to them. You know. And so faith is uh, is more is a two-way thing. Faith must come, but faith must be released, and faith must be uh, be sown into your circumstances yes. by the actions that you, that you uh, put out. Amen. 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 Faith comes by hearing, but you've got to release faith yeah. by acting on the Word of God. Yes, sir. Amen. The Word you hear won't profit you unless you mix faith with it. Yes, you remember Hebrews, it says in the fourth chapter, the second verse, that they heard the Word, the Israelites heard the Word, but it didn't profit them. All right. See, the Word is supposed to benefit you. Yes, sir. The word's supposed to increase you. Yes, sir. amen. It's supposed. Life is supposed to be progressing. You're to know God better. You're to. You're to be walking in more joy. You're to be walking in less worry. Amen. You're to be walking in increase of soundness of mind. You're to be increasing in your health and and your. You're to increase in wisdom. Increase in the love walk. Increase in finances. Increase, increase. God's the God of increase. And if you're stagnant, you're not walking by faith. Because faith will keep reaching. Faith will keep stretching. I get perturbed at some people sometimes. They talk about their income and their, and, and, and their, their uh, you know, whatever, their you know, social security check or something like that. And they just, uh, there's people in this congregation that have been stuck since I got here. Financially, Been stuck since I got. Preach the word to them. Preach the word to them. Oh. Goes in one ear. They bob their head and say amen because it registers on their spirit. Goes out the other ear and they go out and say, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm on a fixed income. Oh. Well, like Dr. Dufresne said over and over again, who, who fixed, fixed it? it? You fixed it by the words of your mouth and your refusal to renew your mind and your refusal to act on the word of God. Amen. God's got ways of blessing you beyond your fixed income, beyond your social security check. Act like it's so. Kick unbelief in the teeth and back it out of your life and say, I'm not living in this little bound up place anymore. Kick the sides out of the box you're living in and get out there where God, where God lives. Hallelujah. It won't profit you if you don't mix faith with it. How do you mix faith? You mix faith with your tongue and you mix faith with your actions. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you've got to release faith and without releasing faith, the faith in your heart is powerless. See, it doesn't do anything until it's acted on. Amen. You're no better off uh, with faith in your heart without acting on it than a man is without any faith in his heart. I said, you're no better off with faith in your heart without acting on it than a man without any faith in his heart. Wow. Well, let me see over here. If they, you're no better off. You're, you're no better off without acting on it. Remember there in Acts 14, a man sat there and heard Paul preach. He had faith to be healed. Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. Yet he's sitting on crippled legs. He was no better off with faith in his heart to be healed. He was no better off with all that faith in his heart that a man didn't have faith in his heart. It wasn't until Paul said, Stand up right on thy feet. The man got up and acted on the faith he had. Now he's better off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to get an attitude about your faith. Get up every morning and make yourself shout. Make yourself speak the word. I've been doing that more often. It changes the way your day starts out. A lot of times i got to get out of the bedroom because Pastor Debbie's a night person and I'm a morning person, you know. So she sleeps later than I do. But I get up and I go downstairs. Glory be to God. This is the day the Lord has made. And I'm already gone. And I just get myself stirred up. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's many people that believe in Jesus but they've not released their faith in Him and they think they're okay. They're not. It's a counterfeit. Amen. Now, um, your confession and actions are to have perfect fellowship uh, and be in harmony with what you believe in your heart. Unless you release faith through actions, it will lie more or less inert and dormant. You'll have a passive faith rather than an active faith because uh, you're waiting for something to happen. A lot of Christians sitting around waiting for God to do something, waiting on the sovereignty of God. Well, you don't understand redemption. Redemption allowed you to initiate some things. Amen. Redemption allowed you to start saying something. Mark eleven 23 didn't say, just wait on God. Just just say, just sing kumbaya, my Lord, come Ya. Whatever the Lord will do, will do. Whatever will be will be. The future is not ours to see. Kumbaya, Lord, kumbaya. That's not what Mark 11:23 is all about. Mark 11:23 is about seeing something in the word and then you say in it. You say in it. Mark 11:23 is not even God's not even mentioned in Mark 11:23. Mark 11:23 says whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but thou believe those things he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he saith. Yeah. Somebody's saying, are you trying to say God's not involved? I didn't mean God's not involved. I just mean that verse is talking about what you have to do for the power to, to activate the power of God. Amen. Don't sit around waiting on God. Get your generator going. Yeah. Start acting like yeah. the word of God's true. You want your flesh to get squirmy, you start acting like the word of God's true. Yeah. That's why a lot of you keep backing off because your flesh gets uncomfortable and oh, well, uh, and, and it presents needs when you act on the word. Yes. Yes. Sure. Amen yes. Sure does. Yes. But you said you're a faith person. All right. Amen. People back off because the, the devil starts, you know, hounding and talking down their, you know, in their ear and breathing the hot breath of unbelief down their neck. Well, if you do that, what are you going to do? Well, are you going to get the money? Well, if God's in it, it'll work. I'm not saying just do any old thing that comes to your mind, but if God's in something. Amen. You don't want your faith just to be passive. Amen. People in the old days used to do that just waiting on tarrying to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Just passive faith. Yeah. Waiting for God to fill them. Yeah. Come on, sir. They read over there in Acts 2 where it says they all, te- be, uh, Jesus actually told them, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with all- power from on high. So they thought that's the way you get filled with the Holy Ghost back in the early days of the Pentecostal movement. And so they'd go over, they'd, get, they'd spend all night tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Didn't know that you could just receive it by faith. Yeah. Amen. They're waiting on God, and God's waiting on them. So what? nothing's happening. It's like a game of checkers. If I'm waiting on you to move, but you already moved, and I didn't notice you moving, I'm waiting on you. I, in my mind, I'm waiting on you, and in your mind, you're waiting on me, and so what's happening? Nothing. We're both staring at the checkerboard. And in our mind, we're thinking it's it's, it's uh, their move. And, it's, and and that's the way God is. God made His move whenever He said the baptism of the Holy Ghost is available. Can you say amen? amen? Well, don't do that in any other area. So the reason the majority of Christians, although they're sincere, all right, but they're still weak, is because they haven't dared act on God's Word. They, have, they say they have faith, but they've never dared confess it or never talked about who they are in Christ or never start uh, acting like the Word of God's true. They haven't dared do that yet. That's why they're weak. Are you out there? Yeah, their faith is, is, is throttled, so to speak. It's sort of held back. It's like it's got a, a, a limiter on it or a governor. It only lets them go so far. You understand what I'm talking about? Because that, and, and they're held in bondage because they don't act on it. Faith grows by f- confessions and by acting on it. And guess what? It'll never go beyond your actions. You'll never have a greater faith than you're willing to act on. Yes, sir. Amen. <clears throat> you out there? Yes, sir. Now, um, here he said, faith without actions is dead. What I got, what the Spirit of God was talking to me about this afternoon, about talking to you about is, is another expression of faith, you know, or one particular expression of faith, I guess I would say. <clears throat> and that is the, the expression of uh, expressing your, your faith by staying in peace during the storm, during troubled times, amen, during the season of tests and trials, amen, keeping your attention on the Word and on what God said He's already done for you and rather than on all the suggestions of the enemy and all the trouble He's talking to your mind about, amen, all the worry, anxiety, and fear that He brings to you, to make you trouble and uneasy. Amen. When you're restless, you're not believing the word. I've done this. I've seen myself do this and the Lord pointed myself out to myself. You say you're believing God for something and you're walking Lord in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive Lord in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive Lord in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. We laugh because we've all done it. That's not faith. Well, it sounds like a confession of faith, Pastor Jay. Yeah, but my other actions betray me. You know, you you ever heard people panic praying? Maybe you heard it in your own bedroom whenever you were the only one there, you know. God we've got to have a miracle quicker, else God we gotta have a miracle quicker. You know. You know, or, you know what inspired that quote unquote unction that they got? <laughs> You know what inspired that? It wasn't the Holy Spirit or it wasn't the Word and it wasn't the faith of their heart. It was a bad report that somebody gave them, the doctor gave them or somebody or they heard about some bad situation in the news. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we're believing you. We're believing you. We're believing you. We're believing you. You're not believing God. Amen. See, faith is expressed in Words and in actions. You need to know it's not just actions, but there are other things that go along with the expressions of faith. Go over to the book of Romans and let's just see this. Hallelujah. I'm glad y'all came to church tonight because I wanted, I wanted to hear this sermon myself. <laughs> Look here in the 15th chapter of Romans. The 13th verse. Romans 15, 13. Now, the God of hope, that means expectation, which is a part of faith, by the way. Yes. Expecting something to show up in the natural realm that you've already believed you received is part of faith. Yes. So the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Yes. Joy and peace in believing. Yes. Now, whenever I'm saying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, am I in joy and peace? No. No. No joy and certainly no peace. Out there you're going home. So these corresponding actions must line up with what the Bible says faith is really like. (laughs) So you've got to express your faith for it to benefit you. But uh, faith is expressed in more than just words. It's expressed in actions and even in mannerisms. Go over here to Romans, the fourth chapter. You're in Romans, just back up to the fourth chapter. I want you to see something God said about Abraham's faith. We're so familiar with this. Verse number 16 talks about uh, uh, God talking to Abraham and uh, saying about his seed, talking about his seed. Then Abraham, in verse 17, called things that be not as though they are. He called himself a father of multitude whenever he didn't have any children yet. Then verse 18, who against hope, uh, believed in hope in other words he had no reason to expect it to come to pass but because he got into faith then he expected it to come to pass yes. against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken notice that according abraham's faith was according to what was spoken and that's what your faith is based on what was spoken i'm just believing god that pastor jail give me his pickup truck was that spoken <laughs> Was that spoken? No, sir. no, you just made that up. Right. Amen. Amen. You can't believe God unless He has spoken, and you can't believe a person unless they have spoken. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Amen. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now notice verse 19. You got your shouting clothes on? Yes. And being not weak in faith, Abraham is he, he considered not his own body now dead. Well, what does it mean dead? That just means he's past the age of producing a child. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Sarah had been past child. She hadn't been able to have a baby whenever she was in childbearing years, but now she's past that time. She's past being able to have a child. You know, the the body gets that place, it gets past that age of bearing children, female bodies. And so uh, he said, being not weak in faith, he considered not either his body or Sarah's body. See, God had spoken something that there was no way in the natural realm could ever come to pass. And you need not throw things out just because God said something that doesn't make any sense. Just because it just just seems like there's no way. Don't throw it out because it doesn't seem like a natural way. Amen. But notice this again here. He, being not weak in faith, he considered not. He considered not. See what's he talking? What's that mean? Considered not. Let's go over to the. Uh, hold your finger here in Romans 4. But go over to the Second Corinthians chapter number four. We're talking about expressing faith. I'm telling you, life stays exciting every day. In fact, life is exciting from moment to moment. Whenever you are living on purpose by faith. Even when you go through a, a, a dull period and, and you start getting into word, oh, looky there, looky, 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 sooky, 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 Oh, Jesus. poor look what I have to look forward to. Father, I confess that now. That's mine in Jesus' name. I'm thrilled with that. In peace and joy, I believe that. Thank you, Father. The future is bright. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians 4th chapter. Notice what it says here. Being verse number 16, which for which cause we faint not. Notice that there's a cause for not fainting. If there's a cause for not fainting, there's a cause for fainting. In other words, why do Christians faint spiritually? Or grow weak spiritually. There's a cause for that. We'll see what that cause is. Which cause we faint not though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's not automatic just because you're born again. Remember the Bible said, in fact, Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say our weekly Sunday service bread. If you're not going to faint from day to day, and what if you're losing your joy? You're fainting. What if you're losing your peace? You're fainting. You know, you can go through all the motions you're supposed to be going through, but there's no joy in it anymore. That's because you didn't have your daily bread and you're growing faint. When you're daily fed on the Word, you're not sad, you're not depressed because a bunch of time has passed and you haven't seen what God said come to pass yet. You're just as thrilled with it today as the first day He said it. Or that you saw it in the Word. Amen. You're just as thrilled. There's time passing, or or, or circumstances don't change it because uh, that, your 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 strength and your faith is not based on what you see. It's based on notice here. He according to Abraham according to that which was spoken. Was it spoken? Yeah. Well, keep on feeding on that and let's keep your spirit alive with that. Like somebody said one time, is your baby still kicking? You know, the seed of God's Word gets planted in your spirit and now you're, you, you've conceived. You've conceived that your deliverance in that area. You've conceived your victory in that area. But if you've you got to keep that alive in your spirit. It has to be constantly fed so that, it, that it's still growing in there and, and still kicking. And you need to give it regular baptisms of the Holy Ghost. After you feed on the word again this morning, oh Father, I thank you. Ha 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 ha. ha, ha and just get full of and, and get it kicking again every morning. Pastor Summerall said faith's got to be reborn every day. I mean, just because it was kicking yesterday doesn't mean it can't stand a good meal today and another mother another infilling of the Holy Ghost today just as thrilled today as you were the day God first said it. Anyway, for this cause, for which cause, verse, now I'm 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah, I love that. For, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. You ought to circle worketh for me. Worketh for us. Because you need to make de- what the devil tries to do in your life, make it work for you. He's trying to press you with circumstances, press you into worry, fear, or or being, being uh, given up and quitting. That's what He's trying to do with circumstances, trying to press you into that. But you just make up your mind, if He's going to press me into anything, He's going to press me right into the Word, right into doing it, doing it more diligently than I've ever done it. Amen. Taking every thought captive more than I have ever taken them captive. Answering what He says to my mind more than I have ever answered with my mouth. He's going to press me right into a victory. Yeah. Yeah. You you got to make a decision. It it doesn't now just because pressure comes is not automatic that that uh, that circumstances work for you. You can make them work for you by doing the right thing. But Satan's design is to bring these things to destroy you. Yes, yes. To get you to quit church, quit God, quit, quit being faithful in the things that he says to do. He wants to press you out of God, out of the Word, out of fellowship with other believers. Out of thinking the right thoughts, out of casting down imaginations. He wants to press you out of that realm of being a doer of the word and into the realm of giving up and quitting. And the reason he keeps bringing things in order to get you out of those things, circumstances to get you out of those, because he wants, because it works so often that he's willing to keep trying it. He's willing to keep trying it. It works so often in the body of Christ. That's exactly right. But he really runs the risk every time he does it. He runs the risk of somebody deciding, I'm not going down that route anymore. I'm not living three weeks under depression anymore with a cloth on my head when the pressure comes saying, oh, if the devil would just leave me alone, I can trust God. He's not going to leave you alone. You need to trust God in spite of what he does. You need to defy it. Make it work for you. He, he presses you to get you out of God, push you out of God. But if you do the right thing, he'll just press you right further into God. And you'll get a lot of the dross out of your faith. And you'll learn how to trust God. And you'll, you'll come out the other side with a more vibrant faith than ever before. Amen. But you have to keep practicing the Word in the midst of the testing trial. Oh, my goodness. The preach got on me tonight. Look at verse, verse 18. Okay, so he said, uh, he said This light of afflictions, which is much for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. While we look not at the things which are seen. Well, go back to verse 16 then. For this cause we faint not. For what cause? For what cause, Paul? For what cause, God? For what cause, Jesus? Why don't we faint? We faint not. Because we do verse 18, we look not. Look not at what? At things which are seen. (laughs) You can just have a thrill of a time fellowshipping with God over His Word whenever all around you is nothing but trouble and it looks like the end. And you look out there and you're like, oh, I'm not going to (laughs) look. I'm going to look at God. I'm going to look at His Word. I'm going to look at His faithfulness. I'm going to say, He did it for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Moses, Daniel, David. He was faithful to all them. And I'm going to look at God. And I'm not going to look at all this, all this stuff. We faint not because we look not at things which are seen. What do we look at? But things which are not seen. That's the unseen realities of God's Word which we don't see experientially in our lives. We look at the things that are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal. Oh, I was meditating on that this week. Temporal means uh, only for a time. It also means subject to change. Well, what is it subject to? He told us right here. What changes it? Temporal is changed by the eternal. We look not to things which are seen, things which are not seen, things which are seen. Our temporal things which are not seen are eternal. There are eternal realities which never change regardless of what you see in your life in the, with the natural eye. Don't consider what you see with your natural eye more real than what you see with the eye of faith. By looking in God's Word. Amen. I heard a preacher this week. I was listening to him. <clears throat> I was on the Internet listening to him. And he was saying some good things about end times. I was just listening to what he was saying. <clears throat> and then he got to talking about something and he said, you know, and he was talking about people not understanding the uh, spirit world and how spirits yeah. do some things and, and, and cause things to go certain directions in nations. So he's talking about end times and stuff. And so... He was talking about that and he said, what do I mean by the, the, the spiritual world? He said, that it's different from this world, the real world. And he called what is seen the real world. I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is seen is not the most real thing in the realms, all the realms that there are. The most real is the eternal realm. The unseen realm. Are you out there? But if you get to look and see, that's carnality talking right there. That's a man who's not looking at things that are uh, uh, unseen. He's looking at what's seen. Amen. Things which are not seen are eternal. So when he says, come back there and now I'm quoting, uh, I'm bringing this together with Romans 4. Remember, the Bible said, Abraham... He uh, against hope believed in hope and so forth, Then he might become the father of many nations. According to that, was spoken so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. Considered not. What does it mean to consider something? It means to look at it, not just with your eyes, although it includes your eyes, but look at it in your thought life and think about it. Pay attention to it or give your attention to it. So, whenever he says here, That we look not at things which are seen. He's talking about our attention is not on what's seen. If you want to be weak in faith, I know you don't want to. I'm just making the point here. A person who constantly looks at things seen will never be strong in faith. You know why? Because faith is not built on what is seen. Faith is built on what is unseen. Somebody said, well, what I see is in line with God's Word. You still don't want to put your faith on what is seen. That's right. right. Amen. Amen. You want to put your faith, keep your faith in what is unseen. Somebody said, well, I'm healed now, I don't have to trust God. You better stay in faith. (laughs) The doctor says it's all gone, so I don't have to trust God. Well, I would keep trusting God regardless of good, bad, indifferent, whatever. People let their faith down because of what they see. That's subject to change. One thing's not subject to change, the Word. Stay on the Word. Don't change because of anything you see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's for somebody. Somebody needed to hear that. So he considered Abraham in in Romans 4, considered not. Now, remember he said, we quoted, we saw it there, Romans 8, I mean, excuse me, Romans 4. He said, Abraham considered, let me back up. He being not weak in faith. Considered not. Let's take the knots out. He being, if he would have been weak in faith, he would have considered. You see that? Weak faith considers the things seen. Did you get that? Or as the Lord said it to me one time, and this is an expression. See, I'm back to where we started. This is an expression of faith. The Lord said to me, weak faith does not hold your attention. If you don't hold your attention on your on what you're believing God for, your faith is weak. Because it is an expression of faith to keep your attention on what you're believing for. The devil works overtime to get your attention back on the bad report the doctor gave or whatever. He works overtime, the devil, listen, he wants your attention. That's what He wants. He wants your attention. Because if He can get your attention, He can get your faith. That's it. Yeah. Where your attention goes, your faith goes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Somebody said, I thought He wanted my confession. Yeah, that's how He's trying to get it, by getting your attention. He gets your attention on the wrong things, then He'll get you speaking the wrong things, and He'll get you believing the wrong things. Do you know that your attention is one of the doorways through which faith gets into your heart? Proverbs 4, my son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. First thing he said, in order, because that's finished it up, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Right. How do you get things in your heart? You've got to put your attention on it. Yeah. 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 You know why people are troubled about in times? Because their attention's on the yeah. news, yeah. not on the not on God's yeah. report of how he said it's going to turn out. Yeah. 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 Somebody said that Pope over there must be the Antichrist. I don't know if he's not it; he's the pre-runner. But anyway, the point is that doesn't make me afraid. He's either the forerunner. He's going he's to show the other guy how to do it, or something. I don't know. We'll see. But he's—I he's, mean—he's over there working behind the scenes with Israel, trying to make deals with them, taking over the. He wants to get take control. The Catholic Church take control of the Temple Mount. He's already got control of David's tomb. He's taking control of things because he wants to make a deal here. See, if you knew what was going on, you'd be wondering, is he really the Antichrist? He looks like it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey. He's either him or he's going to set the, set the other guy up. But here, I don't, I'm not trying to get into telling who the Antichrist But my, my point is, if your attention's on all that, you're like, oh, they're going to chop my head off. They're going to put a 666 in my head. Read the book. Attend, 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 attend. When you see these things begin to come to pass, look up! Your redemption draweth nigh! Yeah. Woo. Woo. I look at the news and I go, Woo. take me, Jesus! <laughs> Rapture practice. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) Some of you are staying awake at least, you know. (laughs) But you understand, you got to keep your attention on the Word. Read the end of the book. We win. Some people get in the book of Revelation and they read it and they go, "Oh, oh, Oh, it's showing us who the antichrist. No, read the first verse. The the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what it says, the first verse. That's what you're supposed to get out of Revelation. Jesus, winning, wiping the wickedness off of this planet. Amen. While we eat supper for seven years in heaven. Amen, praise God. Barbecue ribs, corn bread. Anyway, I digress. Now, look at here. Abraham, being not weak in faith, considered not. Take the knots out. If he would have been weak in faith, he would have considered. So, weak faith considers things seen, strong faith holds your attention. Now, see, now you get more revelation of Matthew 14. We were there, I think it was last Wednesday night, verse number 30, that uh, Jesus was walking on the water. Peter said, if it be thou bid me come, Peter. Uh, I mean, Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water to go to Jesus. And uh, then it said, it said that, that uh, he, then he saw the wind boisterous and was afraid and began to sink, crying, said, Lord, save me. And, he, and Jesus was not far away at the time, caught him and pulled him up. That's the mercy of God. And he said... Uh, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Somebody said, well, see, little faith, that's me. I got little faith. I can't do great big things like walk on water. But see, wait a minute. He said, Jesus said he had little faith, so he had little faith. But he walked on water with little faith. Now, think about that. What happened to cause him, if he had little faith, he had little faith. But what happened to cause that little faith to not work anymore? Because it did work. What happened? He, He got his attention on the wrong things. Somebody said he saw the wind. Do you realize he saw it before he got out of the boat? It wasn't just that he saw it with his eyes. He had seen that storm before Jesus before they even saw Jesus appear. He was seeing it. So it wasn't that he saw it for the like he was taking a nap, and woke up and saw it. That's not the kind of saw it that he's talking about. It, when he saw the wind boisterous, that means he got his attention on it. Before that, he had his attention on Jesus, and he has his attention on come. And, and then he realized, wait a minute, look at the storm. Well, if you really think about it, unbelief is irrational. If that lake would have been perfectly calm, like a plate of glass that day, do you know he still couldn't have walked on water? I'm talking about without the power of God. Unbelief is just irrational a lot of times. It'll say, well, God's been faithful to you all these years, but this time you're going under. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Okay, God's changed, I mean. Huh? It just doesn't even have any rationality to it, if you really think about it. Amen. But anyway, see, think about weak faith now. See, weak faith is not that it doesn't have the power to do something it's that it doesn't hold your attention. Right. Yes. And so it doesn't go long enough yeah. to get all the way yeah. to where you're going in faith. Amen. 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 I just gave you some answers right there. It's not that you don't need to build your faith because, because uh, weak faith has liabilities to it. Yeah you end up getting distracted by weak faith. I get amazed in church whenever there's, there's services that whenever people move a little bit, half the congregation watches them go out the door, you know. Up <claps> oh, here's the answer. They're just going to the bathroom. Your answer's right here. But their attention gets distracted so easily. I can only imagine whenever the devil goes boo what they're doing. If just somebody walking out gets your attention for 30 seconds or a minute while they're, and, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, okay, what did the Pastor say? I didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't hold your attention on the word when somebody walks out of the room, what are you doing when the devil says your gig's up and you, it's over and you're bankrupt and. <laughs> Your attention has to stay on God. You realize as a child, well, a baby, they don't have a very long attention span. And we all expect that. They're a child. That's part of that stage of development. That's why you don't have, uh, you know, an hour-long service back there. You, you teach a little bit, and then you do something else, and then you color on the page, and then you have an activity, and then right. might, might sing a song. And Yeah, because children's attention is not very long, you know. Isn't that right? But adults are supposed to be able to pay attention. (laughs) Turn around and say, I think he was talking to us. (laughs) Now listen, here's what I want to say tonight. You might think I didn't say it yet, but here's what I want to say. Faith must be expressed. And it is an expression of faith to stay in peace during the season of trial. And to stay in peace by keeping your attention on the word that you're believing. Amen. Even when the enemy says to suggest otherwise. Amen. Amen. Becoming uneasy, becoming troubled and restless means your attention is on the wrong things. Amen. Now go to Isaiah 26. My goodness, I, I didn't even get hardly started in the part that I really want to share tonight. But we're getting... <laughs> You're you're getting some good help though, aren't you? Isaiah 26. Notice how this verse is stated. Isaiah 26, 3. Before we go there, I mean, uh, before we read this together, let's think about that verse again. Romans 4, 19. Being not weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body. Now dead and so forth. In other words, the circumstances. So notice how God put together faith and your attention there. In other words your faith must hold your attention. Strong faith will demand the attention get off get off the circumstances and get back on the word. You will sabotage your faith by attending to the circumstances. Because when you start looking at the circumstances you start worrying. And worry is not an expression of faith. It's an expression of unbelief. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now notice how he finishes this verse. Because he trusteth in thee. Did you see that? He again connects trusting God to keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. Meaning that that is an expression of faith to do that. Amen. Yes, sir. To make yourself think on the right things. Remember, he said, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is of a good report. Philippians 4. Think on these things. Think, think, think on. Not think on nothing. When the devil brings a thought, just don't, don't say, no, I'm just not going to think that thought. That's only half, half of the process. You, you say, I resist that thought, but I take the thought. Remember, the Bible said, take no thought, saying, I'm not going to take the enemy's thought, but I do take God's thoughts. What are God's thoughts? God's thoughts are, I prayed and He said, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe, you received." I received that whenever I prayed. And I'm basing that on these verses. And you quote the verses to the enemy and you answer the thoughts of the enemy. It's not just refusing to think the devil's thoughts. It's thinking on God's thoughts. Hallelujah. That's where the battle is. When it comes to faith, that's where the battle is. The battle is in the mind. If you'll guard your mind, you won't have to... Uh, that, that's, let's put it this way. If you guard your mind, you're guarding your heart. Because yeah. yeah. your mind is the doorway into the heart. Yeah. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. So, uh, faith must be expressed in staying the mind on the Word. Staying the mind. How do you stay, keep your mind stayed on the Lord? Well, keep your mind stayed on what He said. Yeah. On, your, on the Word. That's trusting God. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. Hallelujah. We're telling you about faith and how it works. How it's expressed. Yes. Can you see what I'm talking about? Yes. Faith won't work when your attention is on the wrong thing. Yes. Because your attention on the wrong thing produces worry. Yes. The, 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 you worry in two places. You worry in your mind first and then it gets into your spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. Until you learn not to worry and guard your peace, uh, you'll never be strong in faith. Abraham was strong because he attended to what God had said. You want to be strong? Somebody said, I want to be strong in faith. Here's how you do it. You keep attending to the Word and you keep acting like it's so. Remember Mark, I mean, uh, Matthew 630. Remember Jesus said there, he said, you know, take no thought saying and so forth. And then he said, uh, "O thou of little faith. He's telling us that that, uh, taking thought from the circumstances... And thinking about the problem, he's telling us that it reduces our faith down the little. That whole passage is saying, take no thought. He said it, I think, four times. I have to go look at it in verses 24 or so down on through verse 33 or 34. He said four four times, take no thought saying. He's talking about taking thoughts from the enemy or from worry. He said, don't take thoughts saying. And then he said, it's your father's. He said... uh, uh, he said there, if you do that, you'll get to the place, O thou of little faith. You see what he's talking about? Don't let the enemy reduce your faith down to little uh, by losing your attention. The word losing your attention. Your attention's not staying on the word. So Jesus is really giving us a warning. He's telling us, don't do it. It will affect your faith. It'll also affect your mind. Worrying will affect you mentally and will make you weak mentally. It'll make you weak emotionally. I'm convinced that the, some of the, so many of the people that are on medications for, for uh, you know mental disorders or things they call it. I'm not sure whatever they call it, but it's it's because just some basic simple things. I realize there's a diet side to it also, but basic things like not worrying, not holding unforgiveness and grudges and things like that, would get a lot of people out of a lot of stuff. Amen. So it'll affect your mind. It'll affect your body. But most importantly, it'll hinder your faith. The great harm and worry is that it keeps you from receiving from God, keeps you, keeps you out of faith. Amen. Now, when you're worrying, it's in your hands. I'm almost done. Everybody still give me a minute? When you're worrying, you're saying, I I, I got to fix this. I, and you're holding it in your hands. But Peter said, 1 Peter 5, said, cast your care on the Lord. God's saying, put it in my hands. <laughs> put it in my hands. It's like a little child that wants to do it themselves. You know, tie their shoes themselves. They don't know how to do it. They're telling, yeah, you know, let me do it, mommy. Let me do it. Well, you, you know, you're going to have to just stand there and wait for them until they're done. And then you're going to have to untie the knot, number one. And then number two, you're going to have to tie their shoes. <laughs> Isn't that right? Because as long as it's in their hands, it's not in your hands. It can't be both places at the same time. <clears throat> if they're going to keep it in their hands, then it's not in your hands. And that's the way it is with God. When it's in your hands, then it's not in God's hands. And whenever you're worrying, it's in your hands. You got to get a hold of that. It's in your hands. It's not in God's hands. And He can't fix it unless it's in His hands. <clears throat> Amen. Can't be at two places at once. His affection and care for you can take much better care for you than your worrying can. You need to know that. Oh, it's good to just cast it over on the Lord and say, I know I can't do anything about it. And whenever it's cast on the Lord, the weight of the problems not on your mind. You're not thinking about it all the time. Amen. And where is really faith in the devil? It's faith in what he's saying. It's an open door to the enemy to rob you of your peace and rob you of all the goods that God has for you. Faith in God is an open door to God and His power in your life. But worry leaves faith in God unprotected. <clears throat> you remember uh, Philippians 4 says, you know, you know, do not fret, have any anxiety about anything but everything, prayer and supplications for thanksgiving, make requests known unto God, and the peace of God passes understanding. So, so keep your hearts and minds. The Amplified says Mount Garrison yes. over your heart and mind. It's, <coughs> a garrison is a troop of soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. You want your heart and mind to be protected as well as... as see, if your heart's protected, your faith is protected. Yeah. How do you protect it? You have to have the garrison yeah. Yeah. of peace right. yes, around your heart and mind. Yeah. <clears throat> and worry removes that garrison. Right. <clears throat> so now your mind is unprotected and your faith is unprotected. Yeah. And Satan will move in where he has that kind of opportunity. Right. Amen. Yeah. Or you can think of it this way. Faith uh, faith must... Uh, you be used to get your uh, prayer to where it's going, right. and uh, it's like it's like faith is a vehicle yeah. that takes your prayer to where it's going. Yeah. You understand that, yeah. and the word is like gas in your tank. Yeah. And so you load up with the word, uh-huh. put gas in your tank, yeah. you light it with the spark plug of faith, yeah. you get it going to where where it's yeah. your faith's taking you to where. Where you need to be. But if you, even though you have a tank full of gas, if you poke a hole in that tank, all that gas is going to leak out. Worry is like poking a hole in the gas tank. You're going along fine all of a sudden. <laughs> what happened? Worry drained all the faith out of you. Y'all there? If your vehicle sputtered off to the side of the road, and you look at your joy and peace gauge, and they're over bumping on E, <laughs> no joy, no peace. Well, somewhere worry got in. Somewhere put worry. Worry drained the gas out of my tank. Woo! You get it? Hallelujah. Paul said in Philippians 4:11 in the Amplified. I am not disturbed. I've gotten to the place where I'm not, I don't allow myself to be disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. You know, you can live that way. Not disturbed, not disquieted. The boss said he's laying us off. Not disturbed, not disquieted. God's got something better for me. Amen. Whatever, the, whatever happens, whatever state you're in. The thing about the peace of God I love as Jesus said, I give you a peace that's not like the world's. Yeah. The world's is dependent on circumstances. This is depending on the nothing in the natural realm. It's dependent on Him and the, and, and the word that He gave me. Yeah. <coughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a different kind. But anyway, He said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in not to be disturbed. What He's saying is, I've learned to not let worry take, me, take my, my faith away from me. That's what He's saying. Because he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he got to the end of his life, last book he wrote by the Spirit of God, he said, I have uh, have run my race, I've finished my course, and he said, I've kept the faith. He got to the end of his life, faith intact. Some Christians don't get to the end with their faith intact. Either wrong doctrine stole it from them or unforgiveness or a, offense stole it from them or worry or disappointments or, or something took their faith away from them. What Paul's saying here is, is, I've learned not to hand my faith over to worry. I've learned that. I've learned, don't let anything rob me of my faith. Hallelujah. I don't let worry have it. Praise God. Take your faith all the way to the end of your life. Don't let trouble have it. Don't let disappointments have it. Well, it didn't turn out the way I expected. Don't let it have your faith. Keep on learning. Keep on renewing your mind. Keep on practicing what you do know to do. And God will keep on. Remember, He said, He that began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He'll get you to the place where you understand where you didn't make your connection back there. Just don't let it rob you of your faith. Even if you don't understand, I don't understand what happened there. I don't understand why it didn't work. Don't let it rob you of your faith. Don't let it take it from you because it's valuable. Having that gas in your tank is valuable. Amen. 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 Because you might hit another hill and you need all that gas in the tank. Wow. (laughs) Well, did you get anything out of the word? Let's all stand up. Stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I did it. I preached myself happy. But you don't understand, Pastor Jay. I know what the Bible says. I know it says, praise God, amen. <laughs> I know it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Anything. wonder what that includes. Does that include a bad hair day? I know that seems like a small thing but for some people it's it's huge. How about does it include when you get laid off? How about when you get a call about your unsaved relatives or son or daughter being in jail? Anything. Don't let the devil have your peace. I was thinking the other day, I was, you know, Pastor Debbie's with Pastor Nancy and so I've got some more time just to myself. And I love, it's not that I don't like her being around, don't misunderstand me. Because I, I love her and I miss her, I told her today, I miss you. But, but that's not the point. The point is, I love peace. And there's peace when she's there. I don't, I'm not implying when she's, that she's there, there's not peace, because she's peaceful. She has peace. But how many of you know when you just get time to yourself? It's just, and she would say the same about me. So it's not like, you know, we love one another. You, I think all married people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Even the cat's been quiet this week. I mean, she's a miracle. But, but I was just telling God, because I lived in years of torment, all those teenage years. I opened the door. I'm not glorifying the devil. He couldn't have done it if I didn't open the door to it. But I, I told God this week, I said, "God, because I don't need a TV going, the Internet playing, so I don't need, you know, the radio going and noise and, and people around me making noise or, or being busy to, to uh, I don't need that. I like peace. Some people, they can't get quiet. They get nervous when they get quiet. Everything's quiet, they get nervous. See, God might start talking to them. (laughs) But anyway, I was telling God, I lived in those years of torment. I was just saying, Father, all those years of torment makes me so thankful for this peace. It is more valuable to me than than money. (laughs) I mean, just that peace. I think some of you know what I'm talking about where you're not tormented anymore because you learned to cast your care on the Lord you learned to attend to the word amen If you would like more information about Pastor J Everly's ministry please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.